Good evening, and welcome once again to It's 1985 Good Morning. <sighs> First of all, this ain't quite the official second episode. It's um, it's more like a mid-sode, or, or an epitween. Kind of a, an oblivion freebie that rests between airings of what's destined to become 2019's most compelling, abandoned, interlocutory disaster. Uh, for, actually, I just want to want to talk a little bit about that first episode because it confused some people. Uh, they didn't know exactly what to make of it, and I I understand that. What's the show's purpose? What's its hook? You know, what's its overarching theme? Because podcasts are uh, supposed to have those, right? The uh, the answer is quite simple, and of course, naturally, it's long winded enough to justify its own podcast. Uh, basically, I just wanted to record a podcast, kind of a, a one-off that amused me and maybe some other people who were kind of as freaky as I am, but that has uh, since grown into something a wee more ambitious, an actual series. That first episode came together fast, I mean, <laughs> real fast. Uh, basically, uh, very early last Sunday, that was um, December 2nd. I was sort of jacked from a deep sleep with this desperate urge to write a podcast just to kind of see what it was like. And um, I don't even remember how early it was. That's how early it was. It was still dark outside. And uh, I have all these composition notebooks and pens. They're kind of strewn around my apartment. And they're around for that very reason, because inspiration can strike at any time. Uh, in anywhere, really. I mean, kitchen, living room, bedroom, bathroom. It's it's always nice to have something right there to jot down notes. So I peel on the lights, grab one of the books, boom, first paragraph. The one about me being an over-caffeinated 46-year-old white liberal, therefore, of course I deserve a podcast, blah, blah, blah. Then I got to get up, man. I got to move around, get that circulation roaring, tingle the synapses. Um, when I'm wrestling with ideas, I have to be in motion. It, it drives people nuts. So I'm pacing from room to room, or I'm just walking back and forth, occasionally whispering, my mouth is always running, and I'm gesturing like a fuckface. And this time, it's so bad that i got to throw on a jacket, rearrange my hair into something that resembles kind of a, I know it's early, but I swear I won't kill you fancy. And then I hit the streets, and... Uh, <laughs> I've been so abuzz that I still don't know what time it is, and I don't care, because this rhythm just can't be stopped, baby. I need open air. I need somewhere to go. Boom. Open the front door. Step into pitch fucking black. It's cold. It's foggy. This is the suburban moors. And meanwhile, all these sentences and scenarios and jokes are flying around my brain, and I'm trying to grab them all and work them into some kind of coherent shape. And now I'm on the move. I'm walking blocks, phone in hand, still haven't checked it, still don't know what time it is, because I'm using it proactively, recording lines into its little mic. And I pass this house, and there's this dude in his backyard, he's under a porch light, and he's listening to some other dude mumbling by in this affected British accent, because I'm lost in a moment, I, I've got this just-birthed character, right, Gary Beavers, a podcast consultant from Downey, California, and I'm feeling him out. How would he talk? And my template for his voice is pretension. I mean, this dude is like a, this dude is like James Mason in Salem's Lot, right? Oh yes, 
"'Oh, yes, I think Mr. Barler would like you very much indeed.' And then, this is what this guy's hearing as I'm walking by. He says, "'Good morning, anyway.' And I say, "'Good morning.' And then I'm back to, "'Oh, yes. "'You're quite a troublesome boy, aren't you? "'You James at fifteen-looking motherfucker.' <laughs> Here's the funny thing. I totally scotched that voice. I never used it on the podcast. I wrote a whole spiel for Gary Beavers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I didn't use a fucking morsel. So I end up walking about eight, nine blocks. By now, I've come up with a name. It's 1985 Good Morning. And I love the name because it makes no sense whatsoever. The show's not set in 1985, and I don't intend to talk about 1985. It's this arbitrary year I've just yanked from the ether. And I choose Good Morning because I'll introduce the show with Good Evening. And for whatever reason, that contradiction just tickles the shit out of me. And from the formless dark, oh yes, from that formless dark emerges an American beacon, McDonald's. It's still very early, but this place is roaring. Morning shift, employees and customers, they've, everybody's just clocked in. And these culture-solving retirees with their muffins and their bottomless fist-sized coffees are ruling the roost. They're all named Charlie, they all wear veterans' hats, and they all kid the manager who busily mops the floor around them. They're asking her about specific children, spouses, boyfriends, and relatives. And I plop into this modern Rockwell and order a couple of bacon and cheese biscuits with a small Coke. And then I sit down and I just pour out four frickin' pages, man. Four frickin' pages. Two commercial breaks. Fully formed. Boom. It just rips out of me. First draft, done in a whistle. There will be no second draft because I will not allow it. And, um... The premise of, uh, the premise I've decided of It's 1985 Good Morning, this first episode, is that I'm a dimwit who wants a podcast. So I hire a podcast consultant, Gary Beavers, a Henry Higgins. Oh, yes. And this Henry Higgins is going to mold me, Ephraza Doolittle, into a credible podcast host. So, over the course of the episode, I go from excitedly jabbering my brains out about bus lines and shit, and then I'm sort of, I sort of settle into a more refined pentameter, which I cushion with the softest music. I adopt that counterfeit pitch one uses when you're pretending to describe a life-altering revelation, but you... You have to do it with a self-conscious articulation because your audience has to understand what you're saying while you're pretending to speak just completely off the cuff. So you're not speaking in your normal voice and you're not speaking at your normal speed. It's an endearing artifice, therefore largely unbelievable, but with the illusion of, of earnest intimacy. It's a super-literate aw-shucks. I'm stripping my heart raw, but this is a mask too. So the script comes out lickety-split, and it, it takes about 
three or four hours to record. Multiple takes everywhere. You'll notice there are a lot of pauses. And here there are no pauses because I'm kind of riffing. I'm not really riffing. I'm reading from a script. And this is the fifth take. Help me. I have no idea what my neighbors think of me screaming. I hope you choke on your own fucking blood. Five times to the top of my lungs over a two or three minute period. But uh, embarrassment. and that, that's, that's the price you pay for greatness, right? It's the price you pay for legend. In any case, thankfully, the cops never show up, so I never have to explain. Uh, well, officer, I'm, I'm doing a very exaggerated impression of Ira Glass. Well, who's Ira Glass? Uh, well, Ira Glass is the host of This American Life on WBEZ Chicago, and it's syndicated all over the world. Well, well, see, the joke, sir, is that Ira Glass would never scream something like that. Uh, why am I screaming like that? Uh, because I can't, I can't afford Ira Glass, dude. Well, who's Ira Glass? Okay, you know Terry Gross? Fresh Air? Car Talk? No, I don't have their phone numbers. It's NPR. Yeah, NPR. Want to hear my uh, impression of James Mason? Hell yes. Well, I guess you have no choice but to shoot me. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I really loved making the podcast. It was so much fun. So I want, wanted to produce more episodes. I, I, I wanted the challenge of programming an actual season... And I actually have three episodes plotted out. I've, I've sent out interview requests. I bought a composition notebook all special for the series. And I scribble my little ideas in it. It has its own pen and the pen's all over the paper. It's, 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 it's such a, it's so spoiled. It's sickening. And they're, they're all sitting on my kitchen table looking cute. And I'm so much in love. <laughs> um, for those who've, who've asked what this show's all about, I, I still don't have a reasonable, concrete answer, and the honest truth is I probably never will. <laughs> um, about 10 years ago, I started this blog, and I devoted it to that juncture where highbrow meets lowbrow, and that's, that's kind of my goal for this. That's kind of how I live, really. I, I, I want this to be fun without being derivative of other podcasts. And um, it's stupid, but I, I don't want to be shoehorned into a specific theme because I, I find that constricting. Um, of course, I may listen to this later and think, man, what a dipshit. But right now, I just want to be the daydreamer. I have varied tastes, therefore the show has varied tastes. Sometimes it's silly, sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's confessional, and sometimes it's straight-up smart and informative. Maybe all of those things in the space of an episode. Today it's local history, tomorrow Iranian hedgehogs. I want you, the listener, to not expect what's coming. This has been a very confessional episode of its 1985 Good Morning. I'm Corey. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, hold the phone, get this, I have a commercial, a real life commercial, so let's go out with a pitch, baby. I'm Corey Fry, let's do lunch. <laughs> <laughs>